Assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge and he is in the captain's chair. He's at the helm. Therefore, he is at the wheel and he's steering this great ship through these rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. Today is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 602, Know Thy Enemy. We'll be doing a reading of the Magna Carta part two, and then we will be starting a new Bible verse or not new Bible uh, book today. We'll be getting into the book of Job. So we will be getting in the book of Job, starting with chapter one. All right. Now for my daily disclaimer. I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer, and I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have a political degree or had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-lettered agencies like the CIA or FBI. And while I am a member of the MGJA, and yes, I do advocate for your participation in your local general general assemblies, I am not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. I also want to emphasize I have no affiliation with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and Tactical Civics, or any other organizations outside of the Michigan model. And I've never participated in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and Company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. And additionally, I am also not a part of any cult. 
and definitely not a Freemason on any level. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own, unless otherwise referenced. So there you go to all the Karens and Darens out there. There you go. All right. I'm going to start off an audio piece right off the get-go with my favorite um, uh, guy that I kind of just started listening to on YouTube. Uh, he goes, again, by the name of Bedros Koulian. Uh, give this a quick listen to. Very, very important message that I think a lot of people really need to hear. That 1.0 version of yourself is the human animal, the human animal who's impulsive, who's lazy, who's selfish, who's emotional, who react instead of responds. You want to die off the 1.0 version, elevate, transcend to the 2.0 version of you. And in order for that to happen, you got to do the work. And in this case, you've got to create financial freedom, because if you don't create the financial freedom, what happens when the next pandemic comes? What happens when the next inflation comes? What happens when a family member needs some kind of financial assistance? assistance and you love them, you care for them, and you have such guilt and shame that you can't even be there for them. What happens when you can't give your kids and your wife the best possible life? Because you chose mediocrity. You chose to be average. You chose to just get by. That's right. You can't choose just to get by. You got to choose above the status quo. And that's what we all do right here when we become members of the General Journal Assembly. We are not people that just kind of sit idly by. See, I love what he says there. Just really good information, really good advice that I think a lot of people really need to take it, you know, really listen, listen closely to. Um, so here's something here. I, I kind of want to, I'm just going over just a couple basically, uh, you know, a couple, couple little news headlines here. So... <clears throat> Hopefully my phone doesn't die anytime soon. My battery is running low. Um, so I guess Morocco uh, experienced an earthquake about a day ago. And uh, according to one American news network that I saw on True Social, uh, Morocco earthquakes death toll rises to nearly 3,000 people. So we are going to have to definitely remember to uh, keep, keep the people of Morocco in our prayers. Um, I tell you, there's definitely a lot of weather anomalies that are occurring and a lot of parts of the world, um, I guess California got a lot of rain, or I think, I can't remember where it was, if it was California, I was just hearing this from somebody, but there was like a, a, a tropical storm that dumped more rain in one day than that location gets in a year. I have to look more into that story, but some of you might know what I'm talking about. I don't have it, have the location off the top of my head. I'm hoping Rietta and Donnie are okay, because I haven't seen them on lately, and I know, obviously, they're out there in California, so I'm wondering if, uh, you know, they're dealing with any uh, weather hardships out there. So hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, so let's, uh, yeah, we'll keep Morocco, though, in our prayers. That's really a sad, sad story. Um, <laughs> here we go. New Mexico lawmakers are pushing for impeachment for of a domestic enemy de facto governor uh uh what's her name here uh grisham yeah they're preparing for uh, to impeach uh for you know prepare impeachment articles following a public health order so uh part of this says new mexico democrat governor michelle lawan grisham declared a public health emergency in response to shooting deaths of three children in a span of under two months the emergency order consists of suspending open and concealed carry laws across Albuquerque and the surroundings surrounding uh, 
Bernal, uh, Bernalillo County for at least 30 days. Um, uh, and, you know, it's been amazing to see the response of the people out there because they pretty much told her to go pound sand. Um, yeah, Grisham's temporary ban applies to guns uh, in public spaces across uh, Bernalillo County through October 8th. But the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office announced its deputies will not enforce the order. Now, there you go. Yeah. That's right. That's really good to know. That's really good news. And kudos to the county sheriffs out there in in, in Albuquerque, out there in that county, in Bernalillo County there. Do not, and I repeat, this goes out to any county sheriff out there in America. And I know most of you are on the payroll of the de facto, so you're probably thinking to yourself, yeah, well, what am I supposed to do? Not follow the orders of the people who pay me? Yes, if you actually absolutely love your country and you don't want to be deemed a treasonous piece of garbage scumbag, yeah, I expect you to follow and uphold the Constitution because the Constitution is what binds these pieces of garbage filth and keeps them in their place. The Constitution is for our public servants. Keep that in mind, folks. It's not for people like you and me, unless we hold public office. It's for the people who are public servants. And I'm so happy to hear that this this sheriff, the 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 Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office and, and its deputies will not enforce that order. Grisham can go to hell. What an idiot she is. That state was such a pain in the ass to deal with when I was uh, hauling fuel from El Paso up to Albuquerque. That whole state, I tell you, that whole state, she had that whole state on lockdown and just completely brainwashed with with mask fear frenzy. I swear it was the stupidest thing ever. I went there was a normal truck stop that I would stop on my route and the same lady, same grouchy freaking lady that is there day in and day out. And every time I'd walk in there without my mask and she'd give me a big hard time. You need to have your mask if you're going to be in here. No, I don't need my mask. We're out in the middle of the freaking desert. I'm coming in here to get a burrito or order whatever. I had to order lunch, use the restroom, and I'm out. I'm keeping my distance. Leave me the hell alone. I have breathing issues. I have a disorder. I'm allergic to masks. I, I would say whatever. I, I just, I would not wear that piece of garbage mask. So anyways, yeah, Albuquerque. I mean, guys, New Mexico, come on, get your assembly together. Get your assembly together. This should be a big red pill for you guys. You think that this is fun? Like, I know you guys think it's all cute and all, and, you know, the, 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 you got a county sheriff there in Bernalillo County that's not up, you know, that's not going to, you know, follow through the, with these, you know, tyrannical dictates. But what else are you going to do? Are you just going to rely on one county sheriff and some deputies to to hold the line for you? Remember, your county sheriff is also your public servant. Again, do not rely of the efforts of a few. You need to get off your ass and get moving. You got it? So it's looking like Liberty Gun Safe is about to be the next target Bud Light and Disney with their bullcrap. Let's bow down and kiss the rear end to the tyrannical FBI scumbag suits that they are. 
Let's check out what our friend Buddy Brown and see what his take is on this whole situation. I tell you, I love listening to this guy when he gives his takes on 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 uh, you know just different controversial topics. Let's let's hear what this good old boy has to say. I love Buddy Brown. Top of the morning, you million sixty thousand patriots. Hope you're doing well. Last week, we found out that trusting Liberty safes with your guns is about like trusting a Detroit pimp with your daughter's virginity. The <laughs> FBI, and by the way, young kids watching, the FBI stands for follows Biden's instructions. It raided a man's house up in Arkansas in connection with civil misconduct for the whole January 6th thing. And here's a video of your tax dollars hard at work. And just watching this, it's funny. Everyone's always talking about climate change. Has the FBI ever heard of carpooling? I mean, look how many of these fruitcakes they needed to show up. And the worst part is, is these guys probably think they actually did something cool here. Hell, I wish they'd put this much energy into finding pedophiles and human traffickers. Bigfoot, hell, anything better than this. My first thought was, though, so they can track down somebody from January 6, 2021. But they can't find out whose cocaine it was in the White House just a couple months ago, or the thousands of felons in the BLM riots of 20... Yeah, by the way, that cocaine, we could all probably rest assured that belonged to Barack Obama's. Uh, continuing. 20? Got it. Which leads me to make a huge PSA on here, y'all. Quit buying Wi-Fi connected bullshit. Our granddads are up in heaven, loosening the belts out of their loops right now, asking God if they can come down here and whoop us for even considering any kind of thing like this. Digital gun safes, are you serious? The only time it's convenient is when the feds come in here and kick your door down. You know it's bad when Apple won't even give the codes to the feds, to the FBI when they're asked for it, but Liberty Safes, Tyranny Safes, will just go ahead and hand over the combination. You know, talking about the whole situation with Apple though, just to you know, remember this whole story, they would not give the FBI a terrorist combination. Because they said if they did it for him, if they opened it for him, they'd have to open it up for everybody. That's right. One of the most liberal companies in the world protected our rights better than our own FBI. Think about that. And the question is, why would you have one of these safes with a keypad anyway? I mean, think about this, too. When you consider those smart locks for your homes, it's the same situation. And ain't it funny how all these three-letter agencies have revealed that they are, in fact, the domestic terrorists? Imagine you bought a house, y'all. If you don't believe me, just think about this. Imagine you bought a house. And the company that built the house kept the access codes just for the event that law enforcement wants to gain entry. That's the same thing, right? This is my house, man. The fact that these safes ain't secured from a government, by the way, that really ain't the problem. The fact that there was a backdoor master code that's logged for every single safe produced without the customer's knowledge and that they gave up the information, that is the real problem, my friends. And I was thinking, as soon as this story hit, this could have been a huge marketing uh, moment for Liberty Safes. I mean, so strong, even the FBI can't crack the code. Even the FBI can't get in. It would have been a beautiful moment for them. But I guess it just brings a whole new meaning to the whole uh, Ben Franklin quote, those who give up liberty for security deserve neither. <laughs> but now, just based on cause and effect, the fallout of Liberty Safes is going to be a whole lot bigger than we ever thought because they're talking about a class action lawsuit amongst anybody who owns a Liberty Safe uh, digital keypad and their customers are ready to hit them where it hurts. Uh, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this all transpires and plays out. If that happens, the company goes extinct. Anything digital on a gun safe makes as much sense as paying a hooker for a hug. Y'all be good. <laughs> oh man, you got to hand it to Buddy Brown though. You got to hand it to Buddy Brown, man. I tell you what, that guy gives some really good takes. I, I really do appreciate his uh, outlook on things and, and his honesty. I mean, but seriously, uh, 
he nails it right there. I can't even add anything more to that. I mean, that guy just really absolutely nailed it. So um, anyway, that's the fallout of Liberty Safes, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a lot bigger than we thought. All right. <clears throat> now, shifting gears a little bit. <clears throat> now, I want to encourage everyone to take some time and reflect on the wisdom contained in the following two Bible verses that I'm about to read. Now, the first one is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verses 14 through 15. And it reads, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. And this verse serves as a very stark reminder that evil can often disguise itself as something virtuous, emphasizing the deceptive nature of malevolence. The second verse I want you to reflect on and think about over the next few days is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. They have a form of godliness, but deny its power have nothing to do with such people. And this verse cautions against people who outwardly profess Christian values, but yet they fail to demonstrate the genuine faith and godly character. Now, these verses underscore the vital importance of discernment when assessing and, and Destry's trying to get ahead of me here. I know I'm already a way ahead of you, brother, because I'll read his comment. I'll let him beat me to it because I know he's chomping at the bit. Um, he said, been seeing that with some rogue reprobates in certain states. That's right. We have. And, and I got something I'm going to be able to play for you because you, you, you just these people stop at nothing, folks. <clears throat> they just stop at nothing. And. Like I said, these verses underscore the vital importance of discernment when assessing the authenticity of one's faith and character. You see, it's crucial to be cautious about who we follow and to evaluate the information that we receive, regardless of its source. Pray for discernment and clarity. Excuse me, prayer for discernment and clarity is essential in these times of confusion. And I've stayed very consistent. You guys know this. If you've li if you've been listening to me long enough now, I've been on the air, what, year and a half? I've stayed very consistent in the application of my message of discernment. Even with this show, ask God for discernment in all things and in all information that you take in. But my message of, uh, of, of always applying a steady daily practice of discernment will never change and will never waver, just so you know. And again, if I ever find myself to be incorrect or have wrong information, because it happens. Look, I, I said I, I had a miss. Uh, I had a, a, a moment where I misused a word uh, when it came to the 21 requisitions. And, you know, Destry corrected me, he said, no, 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 not propose issued the 21 requisitions. I said, oh, you know what? My mistake. Yes. Even something like that. There is no pride here, folks. I have no pride and there's no arrogance here. If I'm wrong, I will make sure 
I correct myself because the last thing I want to do is deceive anybody and put out improper information. Now, that said, we are currently facing a challenging period where some claim to uphold Christian values but fall short of embodying them. I think we know quite a few people like that. And I have to honestly say it's very disheartening to see those who discuss love and uh, what, what other words out there? Oh, enlightenment, right? Love, enlightenment, light, right? They shallowly talk about how we need to elevate our vibrations, right? And these same individuals rarely invoke the name with a sincerity in their heart, the name of Jesus Christ, or exhibit the actions expected of godly individuals. Now, for me, I've always said this periodically on this show, and you know this too, if you've listened long enough, you should know this about me. I acknowledge my own imperfections, but I wholeheartedly do my absolute best to follow the path of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. My ultimate desire is to serve the Heavenly Father to the best of my abilities. That's why I started this platform, and to hopefully find favor in the eyes of Christ. See, nothing on this earth matters more to me than eternal peace and salvation in heaven. Hopefully, next to my wife and my kid, when her time finally comes. Hopefully not for a very long time. But see, in these turbulent times that we're living in, it's very crucial to exercise caution and practice spiritual discernment because we live in an era of conflicting ideologies. And there are concerted efforts by various groups with different agendas who seem to be working in unison to try to destroy this nation using very deceptive tactics like status correcting, for example, or this active coup that's going on with the MGJA. See, most of these groups are actively opposing the National Assembly. And there almost seems to be a dogpile gang beating taking place on the reassembly of states and its people, which represents a legitimate effort to restore our republic. I'm just reading a comment here. That's why for the silence, uh, Destry says right here, what a hilar what's hilarious is the brains and chains with these reprobates. They are corporate hierarchy in their minds and think they will teach from no experience thinking they may be on top when the whole de jure system is from ground level up. Who has done it and can teach from experience. That's right. That's absolutely right. And with that, I add to say, I urge everyone to guard your hearts and your minds and to take every piece of information to God in prayer and, 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 and ask for that discernment. Because again, remember, ladies and gentlemen, deception often reveals itself in due time. The snake, the serpent always shows itself at some point. It can't stay hidden forever. And there are many individuals who are attempting or, or who have attempted and still are attempting to discredit the National Assembly and the MGJA, spreading misinformation and aligning with those who seek to undermine it by participating in this act of coup that these reprobates are engaged in. Now, make no mistake, they will face consequences for their actions when grand juries are convened and their due penalty will be on a quick drop, sudden stop off a tall platform, if you know what I mean. 
And it's time for all of us to become actively involved in our county and state general general assemblies. Now, this is how we can return power to the people, restoring the original jurisdiction and authority as intended by our Constitution. We must discern between those who genuinely strive to serve mankind and those who align with destructive forces. Now, one of those individuals, which shall remain nameless, I will be highlighting for a brief moment before we get into our reading. It'll be about a minute and a half, roughly, long audio that was dropped on Rumble this week. And I will not call this individual by name. I will certainly not refer to the show by name. But however, I am certain that when you are able to, when you hear, you will be able to quickly pinpoint exactly who it is. And I'll give you a guess. I'll I'll, I'll even say this. I'm not even going to give you a guess. I'll just say this. They have certainly violated their JCO in their own state out there in the East Coast. We'll just say that. Um, Let's go to this cut real quick here, shall we? You've been lied to about everything. Rob asks, what's up with the National Assembly? All right, Rob. Um, I don't really talk about this stuff, but I'm going to give it to you straight here. Um, absolutely. The National Assembly is going through a major turnover. I brought in too much light. There's a lot of dark. Shut up. I brought in too much light, my butt. <laughs> not bring too much light in what are you talking about the people who make up the assembly are the light what do you mean boy if you can't tell how narcissistic and all all over herself she is i brought in too much light and there was just so much darkness get out of town with that continuing my lord listen it's breaking apart it is absolutely breaking apart there's some states that are coming up on good um Paul and Destry did not even have permission to go around doing this. And by the way, you don't really need permission because, again, like Destry was saying, this is a de jure system that is from the ground level up. Apparently, this individual doesn't have any slightest comprehension over what that means or what it is. Continuing. They're doing it on their own against and they have different. They were not part of the original memberships. And that's a big BS lie. She is so fairly new. She doesn't know her head from her freaking elbow. I'm going to be a little nice here because, again, uh, just in case there's children listening, like mine is probably upstairs. But she doesn't know anything about who, what, where, when, or how. I'm telling you, this individual stinks to high heaven. Continuing nothing they were not the original ones that started it there was a lot of lies told they've lied about me many times no you've lied about a lot of other people within the assembly and you're aligning with the people who are actively engaged in the coup of michigan continuing they told me i wrote documents which i did not write and put to submit so the original members have taken away their status it will take away paul's status which was the head of michigan and um the members voted him out so they're they're re no they didn't because the members quote unquote um and i use that word loosely uh did not vote them out uh i will just tell you that right now because they have no standing and they are the ones engaged in this coup and continuing doing everything there are some good states 
right now, it's like anything else. It's split up and divide. There are some states that are on their side. There are some states that are on Joe's side. Not that there should be a side. They should be working together. But until they get their act together, I'm not even wasting one breath with them. You shouldn't waste one breath, period. We'll just, we'll leave it there. Um, let, let me let me read something for you real quick. She said something very interesting. It's it's all, a, you know, division, right? Division. I posted something on my Facebook, or Facebook, God, I don't even own Facebook, on my Telegram, and it was a basic Bible quote, Romans 16, uh, verse 17. I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who create dissensions and obstacles in opposition to the teaching that you learned. Avoid them. Avoid them. See, it's very easy to pick apart what this individual said. Now, am I? No. I definitely had to correct some things there because, well, she is very incorrect and, and, and basically so far off base She's not even on the baseball field. And, and again, one of the men that she uh, brought up, Destry, he even just says right here in the chat, permission from who? Exactly. Permission from who? And yeah, he also said, I noticed that she never gives examples to back her claims. That's right. She doesn't give examples. She doesn't provide evidence because she's pulling all this crap out her little glory hole down there that's probably stinky. And yes, Lizzie Liberty, I'm just going to answer your question with yes. And and yeah, we know. He He was. Do you see, this was from a Q&A on the 10th of September. Again, folks, this isn't a smear campaign. I'm just simply trying to tell you, you got to be aware. There, and it, she's not the only one. Look, I'm not picking on her. She's not the only one. There's many out there that I've played their snippets on here and have called their asses out. Okay. Understand who these people are. Understand. Know thy enemy. Hence the title of the show, Know Thy Enemy. Know who they are and know who you are and know who you serve. Hopefully it's Father in Heaven with the love of Jesus in your heart. Now this individual's actions on both national, now, now hear me out on this, because this individual's actions on both national and international platforms involved criticizing and making controversial remarks about a couple of men, which she named, who have demonstrated their dedication to their nation and its people. Now, while these individuals are respected for their integrity, in my humble estimation, like anyone else, they are also not without flaws. It's important for all of us to reflect on our own imperfections before we start passing judgment and critique. Ultimately, the situation has raised significant legal questions now, considering what she has put out on the international forums and platforms that could be of interest to any lawfully appointed grand jury. That's right. So let us remember that we are working towards restoring our de jure Republican form of government, folks. There's a lot of people out there that want to destroy this. Why? I've listed out the reasons why. 
Our mission is to protect and uphold the principles of liberty and justice while restoring true freedom for we the people. That's you and I. And the time is drawing near and the urgency couldn't be more clear. Excuse me, couldn't be clear. More clear doesn't really sound right. I'm learning, guys. Like I said, I'm not the best speaker. So I urge you, I encourage you, join your county general general assembly. Engage with your state general general assembly and do your part in securing our future as a free and just society. But I reiterate, take caution on who you follow. Take all matters to God, Father in heaven. Okay? All right, let's get into the reading. Job chapter 1. And it reads, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions also were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men of the east. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one of his day uh, on his day, and they would send an invite and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of feasting had completed their cycle, Job would send and consecrate them, rising up early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, Perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed and God in their hearts or cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came along among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered, The Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Now, this is where Satan was allowed to test Job. Now, on the day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabines attacked and took them. They also slew the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said that the Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels and took them and slew the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone escaped to tell you. 
While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they all died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all his all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. That is the reading of Job chapter 1. <clears throat> now, in the ancient land of Uz, as we just read here, there lived a man named Job. A man named Job. Obviously, he, you know, from what we read here, he sounded like an outstanding and a basically a truly good person, right? A truly good man, someone who feared God, someone who avoided wrongdoing. He had a big family, seven sons, three daughters, right? He, he, and he was very vast in his wealth with numerous animals and servants and land. In fact, he was considered the most prosperous man in the entire eastern region. You know, Job's children had a tradition of celebrating together, rotating between each other's homes. And after their feast, Job would offer sacrifices, concerned that his children might have done something wrong during their gatherings. And one day there was a meeting in the heavenly realm and even Satan was present, which I found very interesting when I read this for the very first time. And God, in a way, bragged about Job, saying how he was the finest example of goodness on earth. And Satan, however, questioned Job's uh, loyalty. Basically suggesting that it was only because he had a comfortable life. He has it all, God. Of course he would stay loyal. He's got it all. He's got it made. So Satan, being the little you-know-what he is, proposed testing Job by taking away all his possessions. Not to mention his family. So God allowed it with one condition. Job himself should be remained unharmed. Tragedy soon unfolded. Messengers brought the news of the losses, his animal servants, right? Even his children, all taken away and lost in various disasters, like one after the other. That would suck. And despite all this suffering, Job didn't curse God. Instead, he grieved. And acknowledged that life with all its gains and losses is a gift from the divine, right? He declared that the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away and blessed be the name of the Lord. So what's this story teach us? It teaches us two powerful lessons here that we can carry forward within our own lives. Lesson number one, resilience in the face of adversity. Job's response shows us that even in the darkest moments, we can find strength to endure. When life takes a difficult turn, we can choose to hold on to our faith and gratitude or curse God and just wallow in our sadness and depression. Personally, I'd rather hold on to my faith and give gratitude for all that I still have. Now, lesson number two, the value of perspective. What? Yes, the value of perspective. Because Job's words remind us that everything in life is transient. 
We come into this world with nothing and we will leave with nothing. Recognizing that this can help us appreciate the moments we have and the blessings we receive. And this is something that I still struggle with on a day-to-day basis. Believe me, I do. But I'm getting better, I think. It's a struggle some days, but I think I'm getting better because I always, I always say when I, when I go to work every day and I say my prayers, I always say, Father, I shall not worry about tomorrow. I shall not worry about next week, next month, next year, or the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Let tomorrow worry for itself for today has enough worries, right? So in our own lives, we can strive to be like Job. Steadfast in our faith, grateful for our blessings, and resilient in the face of adversity. Now, shifting gears a little bit, now we're going to get into the discussion of the Magna Carta. Again, this is our educational segment because, uh, you know, I know a lot of people don't typically take the time to read our foundational documents. So I'm trying to do the heavy lifting for you, add a little, you know, news, uh, you know, segment in here, as well as a little bit of entertainment, maybe a little inspiration with a little bit of Bible reading and so on and so forth with some education at the tail end. But I love what Destry says here. I cannot let this comment go unnoted here. Um, Back to that last video we played with that individual, with that certain platform, that podcast she put on Rumble for the international community to, to see at large. She made a comment about a man named Joe. Well, he's one of the men, if you want to call him a man. He's one of the people. We'll just call him that. That's about as nice as I can get who is engaged in this act of coup. And he says right here, her mentor Joe is a national of a country of Uruguay in South America. And that's a true story, folks. He is a national of a country of Uruguay in South America. He he even has a driver's license from Uruguay. He don't even have a driver's license from this country. Yeah, but Jason, a driver's license is an adhesion contract to the de facto. Yes, I know. But my point is, he is not even of this country and this in itself is hilarious as hell that's her freaking mentor really okay <laughs> so freaking stupid i feel like i gotta ask the kids what they thought of what they heard kids kids what do you think of that last video i played when the, the you know the, the mean lady who who was disparaging uh, Paul Industry. Do, do you do you think she's a? What do you what are your thoughts on her? Yeah, that's right. And what do you think about the National Assembly and the good fine people who are just trying to restore freedom in this country and restore this republic? What do you think about those people? Yeah, that's right. All right, you guys passed the test. Ice cream for everybody. Go ahead. <laughs> Shut up, Alvin. Stupid chipmunk. <laughs> but yeah, no, Destry's right. He says right here, outsiders cannot do what the people can do in this country. That's right. He's absolutely right. All right. Let's get into the Magna Carta real quick. So I left off with ver- uh, verse uh, with section five yesterday. Now we're going to start off with uh, section six. Okay. Section six. Air. Now, again, this is from the Magna Carta. Okay. Heirs shall be married without disparagement, yet so that before the marriage takes place, the nearest in blood to that heir shall have notice. Now, this statement means, okay, now that was section six. So basically, this statement is meaning 
that heirs should marry someone suitable and not bring disgrace to their family. Additionally, before the marriage, the closest relative should be informed or given notice. That's basically what that's saying. All right, section number seven. A widow after the death of her husband shall forthwith and without difficulty have her marriage portion and inheritance, nor shall she give anything for her dower, dower, I believe is how you say that word, or for her marriage portion or for the inheritance which her husband and she held on the day of the death of that husband. And she may remain in the house of her husband for 40 days after his death, within which time her dower shall be assigned to her. Now, what does that mean? Well, in simplest terms, this statement from the Magna Carta ensures that a widow should receive her rightful share of property and assets immediately after her husband's death without having to pay anything for it. She is also allowed to stay in her husband's house for 40 days after his death while her portion is being assigned to her. All right, section eight. No widow shall be compelled to marry so long as she prefers to live without a husband, provided always that she gives security not to marry without our consent. If she holds of us or without the consent of the Lord of whom she holds, if she holds of another. Okay. So in a nutshell, what that's saying is this guarantees that a widow cannot be forced to remarry against her will. However, if she wants to remarry, she must obtain the consent of the king if she holds land from the king or the consent of her feudal lord if she holds land from someone else. Now, section nine. Neither we nor our bailiffs will seize any land or rent for any debt as long as the chattels of the debtor are sufficient to repay the debt, nor shall the sureties of the debtor be distrained so long as the principal debtor is able to satisfy the debt. And if the principal debtor shall fail to pay the debt, having nothing wherewith to pay it, then the surety shall answer for the debt and let them have the lands and rents of the debtor. If they desire them until they are indemnified for the debt which they have paid for them unless the principal debtor can show proof that he is discharged thereof against the said sureties. Now, what's this mean? <laughs> I love it. One of the listeners sent me a text, and I'm going to keep their name anonymous. <laughs> They say, nice, I appreciate the roasting, makes me smile. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> so what was the last section, section nine? What did that mean? <clears throat> the statement ensures that neither the king nor his officials can take someone's land or rent for a debt as long as the debtor has enough belongings to cover the debt. If the debtor can't pay, then their guarantors are responsible for the debt and they can take the debtor's land and rent until the debt is repaid unless the debtor can prove that they are no longer responsible for that debt. That's basically what that's saying. All right, section 10. If one who has borrowed from the Jews any sum, great or small, die before that loan be repaid, the debt shall not bear interest while the heir is under age of whomsoever he may hold. And if the debt fall into our hands, we will not take anything except the principal sum contained in the bond. Okay. 
meaning, Bueller? Well, basically what this statement is saying is that if someone borrowed money from the Jewish leaders and dies before repaying that loan, that debt won't accrue interest while their heir is underage, regardless of who the heir is. And so if the debt ends up in the king's possession, only the original loan amount stated in the contract will be collected with no additional interest. Okay, next section, 11. And if anyone die indebted to the Jews, his wife shall have her dower and pay nothing of that debt. And if any children of the deceased are left under age, necessaries shall be provided for them in keeping with the holding of the de deceased. And out of the, res uh, the, the residue, the debt shall be paid, reserving, however, service due to feudal lords. In like manner, let it be done, touching debts due to others than Jews. Okay. Jason, care to explain what that means? Yeah. So basically what that means is that if somebody dies owing money to Jewish moneylenders, right? Or as the Bible calls it, the money changers, their wife will receive her rightful share of the inheritance and won't be responsible for the debt. So, so if there, if there are underage children, they will be taken care of according to the deceased asset, uh, yeah, to the deceased assets and the debt will be paid from what's left but other obligations to feudal lords will still be honored now this rule applies similarly to debts owed to anyone other than jews all right section 12 no scuttage which is a tax no scuttage not aid shall be imposed on our kingdom unless by common counsel of our kingdom except for ransoming our person for making our eldest son a knight, and for once marrying our eldest daughter, and for these there shall not be levied more than a reasonable aid. In like manner, it shall be done concerning aids from the city of London. Okay. So what that means is that taxes, which again are called scuttage or scootage, whatever you want to, however you want to pronounce that, it's spelled S-C-U-T-A-G-E or aid, it cannot be imposed on the kingdom without the agreement of the kingdom's leaders, except for specific situations like ransoming the king, knighting the king's eldest son, or marrying the king's eldest daughter. And even for these cases, the taxes collected must be reasonable. And the same rule applies to taxes from the city of London. All right, section 13. And just so you know, we're only going to section 16, just FYI. Section 13, and the city of London shall have it all in ancient li uh, liberties and free customs, as well as land as by water. Furthermore, we decree and grant that all other cities, boroughs, towns, and ports shall have all their liberties and free customs. So basically what that's saying is that the city of London will keep all its traditional rights and privileges on land and water. And additionally, all other cities, boroughs, towns, and ports are also granted the same rights and privileges. Okay. Section 14. This is a little bit of a long one. Not much, but a little, a little lengthy. And for obtaining the common council of the kingdom anent the assessing of an aid, except in the three cases aforesaid, or of a scuttage, we will cause to be summoned the archbishops, bishops, abbots, earls, the greater barons, severally by our letters, 
and we will moreover cause to be summoned generally through our sheriffs and bailiffs and others who hold of us in chief for a fixed date, namely after the expiry of at least 40 days and at a fixed place. And in all letters of such summons, we will specify the reason of the summons. And when the summons has thus been made, the business shall proceed on the day appointed according to the counsel of such as are present, although not all who were summoned have come. Okay, so what? Let's break that down for a minute. So that passage... 14 in the Magna Carta, that passage, it outlines a process for obtaining the collective agreement or council of the kingdom when it comes to imposing taxes or aid, right? Or military levies or scuttage, right? Except for specific situations. Now, this process involves summoning important figures like archbishop. Bishops, abbots, earls, major barons, right, through letters. And additionally, a general summons will be sent to others who hold land directly from the king. And these summons will specify the reasons for the meeting. Now, once they are summoned, the discussions and decisions will take place on a set date and location, following the advice of those who attend. And even if not all those summoned are present, this process ensures that taxation and military levies are decided collectively and transparently with input from various key figures in the kingdom. Okay, section number 15. We will not for the future grant to anyone license to take an aid from his own free tenants except to ransom his person to make his eldest son a knight and wants to marry his eldest daughter. And on each of these occasions, there shall be levied only a reasonable aid. So this statement means that from now on, the king will not permit anyone to impose additional taxes on their free tenants, except in specific situations. And to ransom themselves, to knight their eldest son and to marry their eldest daughter, even in these cases, only a fair and reasonable tax can be levied. Boy, what does it even look like, ladies? No, what's a what's a reasonable and fair tax? I really would like to know what the hell that even looks like in today's world of 2023. But basically, what this is saying is that this ensures that landlords don't burden their tenants with excessive taxes without good reason. Wow, what the heck does that even look like? All right, last section, section 16. No one shall be distrained for performance of greater service for a knight's fee or for any other free tenement than is due therefrom. All right. In layman's terms, this means that no one should be forced or compelled to provide more service or more labor than what is rightfully expected for the land or property they hold. So in other words, the demands or obligations placed upon landholders should not exceed what is legally owed for their specific type of property, like a knight's fee or any other free tenement. So there is our little um, educational segment here at the tail end of this show. Uh, that was, uh, again, uh, section 6 through 16 of the Magna Carta. Okay. 6 through 16. And in the show notes, I will have a link posted to the national-assembly.net website that has the whole Magna Carta text there if you care to go ahead and read 
beyond or read with as we do the show. So like I said, I plan on spending at least, I don't know, three, maybe four more shows, however long it takes to get through uh, well, however many there are there. I think 53 or 60 something sections in the Magna Carta. Uh, it'll take a few days, um, but I think this is important. Again, nobody takes this time and reads it on their own. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I have an idea why, you know, everybody's busy. I get it. And yes, it's not a novel. It's not like, you know, you know, women's reading, right? Like what, 50 shades of gray, or, you know, it's not, it's not the latest and greatest novel. I get it. Okay. Okay. It's not a gun magazine, right? For the men. I, it's, I get it. It's not attractive reading, but it's still something that we need to learn. It's still something that we should at least internalize by listening, which is why I'm trying to do it here on this platform and provide it here on the tail end, get a little bit of Jesus in us, get a little bit of education on our foundation and how, we, what we stand on, right? As well as kind of provide a little bit of uh, coverage of what's going on with the, you know, events around the world, like the sad events, unfortunately, that unfolded in the 3000 death count over there in Morocco after that earthquake. I mean, very sad. So this is what it takes, folks. This is what it takes in order for us to uh, return to self-governance, right? This is what it takes. It's called self-education. It's called holding yourself accountable and holding yourself to a higher standard. All right. Very, very important. And this is what we need to do. So let's end on prayer. All right. Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you for another day of life and another day of good health for me, my family. And we pray for the continuous healing and hope whatever is going on that's causing Katie discomfort and, uh, you know, certain bouts of sharp pain. I just pray that uh, that eventually all goes away, Father. I do pray for that. And I pray for healing for not only her, but her mother and anybody else out there that is uh, dealing with health misfortunes. And we pray for those people uh, that, that, that lost their lives in that earthquake um, in Morocco, I believe is what it was, in Morocco. Let me just scroll up to my notes. I want to make sure I'm not misremembering here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I believe that's what it was, Morocco. Yeah. I believe. Anyway, so we pray for all the families out there and all the lives that are lost. We just pray that you can enter all those souls, allow all those souls to enter into your kingdom. Can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what that kind of death count would look like in a in a you know concentrated area like that. So many people losing friends and family members. My Lord, I, I can't even I can't even imagine it. <clears throat> Father, we ask that. You always guide us. Um, we, you, we ask that you guide our thoughts. You guide our words as well as our actions. And uh, as we continue to try to learn as much as we can and try to, you know, get more of your word internalized in us, we just hope and pray that our actions are uh, closely aligned with your greater plan. And we hope that everything that we're doing is, is uh, graced and blessed by you. And we pray for our nation. I pray 
for our assembly of states and the people who make up the reassembly of these states. I pray that you call on more people to get involved and to get engaged and to work for the betterment and the and and working toward this uh, this movement of helping free America as well as free the world. And I pray all of this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you all have a wonderful day and a wonderful night. And Destry, yes, I want to say this, and we, we haven't gotten it to gotten to it yet because it's toward the tail end of the Magna Carta, but he says the only thing that we use from the Magna Carta, just for the record, I'm glad he said this. The only thing that we use from the Magna Carta is Article 61 with the numbers required for a grand jury and a petite jury. I'm glad he mentioned that. Yes. And that, that is a very good distinction. And yes, that is the only thing we use. Clearly. I mean, look, if we said we followed the Bible 100%, we would still be stoning people out in the streets for adultery, you know, being for adultery, right? So just like the Magna Carta, we're not going to follow every single thing because that was for that time. But there are still pieces that are very relevant and very important to our legal system, right? Our, our, our common law system. And part of that are the numbers required for a grand jury and a petite jury. So I'm glad he made that distinction. It is no different than us not following the Bible and stoning people to death in the streets. Like we don't do that anymore. Like we would all go to jail, right? And Destry says, I think we need to go back to stoning pedos. Uh, touche. I will agree with you on that. Yes. Um, I think that would be much better than millstones at the bottom of the sea. But that's just me. Good thing I'm not God because I'd be a terrible God. So I, I hope you all have an excellent day, excellent night, wherever you're at in the world. And remember, eyes on Christ. God's got this. All right. He's got it all. We just have to make the decision to stand at his side and fight for his glory. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back here tomorrow.
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go Joining us here at His Heart Line.
We'll see you back here next time. time.